Yeah, squeaking chair. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, good that's that a good, good squeak. One. Oh, this is uh, your intro to this week's episode. Um, kind of uh, kind of doing some tinkering with the format. Yep, some more tinkering. Bear with us. We're Well, we'll go over it in the podcast. Yeah, you'll, but you'll hear about it. We've got, got some more modifications couple modifications and uh some new nights that's what you gotta do yeah you gotta keep tweaking yep and yeah. we're always we're evolving is what we're doing we are we're evolving so um it's uh it's a good episode though we we exchange christmas gifts yeah and uh talk about a little bit of uh some black christmas mm-hmm. action the original and the remake yep uh, we get a little sentimental during our Christmas exchange. Yeah. And uh, we also talk about La La Land, mm-hmm. The Time Traveler's Wife, and uh, the scariest movie from my entire childhood, Don't Look Under the Bed. Yeah. So um, stick around and also make sure that uh, you stay up with us in all of our social media endeavors. Yeah. Uh, that's something I didn't talk about on the show. Since I now have found it easier to uh, switch between accounts. I'm I'm trying to do more on my my personal accounts uh-huh. as far as like just everyday silliness and whatnot. Yeah. So a transition to using the band accounts for more like news items and and you know more seriously band related right type of shit. So follow me personally as well. We started plugging your personal page. Yep, now we're going to plug our. We're going to plug both our personal pages. What? What? Yeah. What were you doing? Your Instagram, right? Yeah, I was plugging my Instagram. Bender butt. Bender butt. At Bender butt. All one word, all and, lowercase. And uh, I've been using, I've been using Twitter, a bit more lately. You can track me down over on the Twitter, the Twitter Twitter. Read my tweets. He has to look up his own screen name. That's what's going on right now. Because I just started using it again. Yeah, I don't have a Twitter, guys. So if you really want to get in touch with me or follow me or see what I'm up to, you have to follow me on Instagram. Yep. Sorry. I'm, sorry, not sorry. I'm at Nicholas Villars. That's easy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so follow me on Twitter. Um, I do fun things. And... Um, Band stuff, of course. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash superdivorce. Uh, you got uh, Instagram at superdivorceband. Our Twitter is just at superdivorce. And uh, then our dot com. Yep, superdivorceme.com. Uh, you can also email us at divorceclub at superdivorceme.com. Um, I assume we still haven't heard from anybody. No, not yet. So still waiting on that. Yeah, very special first email. Uh, I want to throw out there, you know, being on Instagram, I uh, would love to get some feedback if anybody would want to watch us live record the podcast because uh, Instagram has a feature. I, I don't know if you've seen. You can, much like Facebook, you can start a live cast or a live showing or a mm-hmm. live whatever 
and uh, kind of like Periscope, kind of like exactly like Periscope, except you know it's on Instagram and it, it notifies your followers. So mm. we've got like two hundred and thirty six followers on Instagram or some shit like that. Uh, so somehow let us know if you guys would be interested in tuning in live with us, um, or on Facebook, you know, let us know if you'd want us to start streaming on Facebook, but, uh, I have, you know, I've talked about cavity colors a lot, my favorite little clothing, horror clothing company. Well, uh, he's been going live a lot. His name's Aaron and, uh. I try to tune in whenever he's live, and it's really cool. You just get to chat, and, you know, I've asked him a couple things, and he always answers me, and it makes me feel really special, <laughs> you know, but it's it's cool. It's really cool. It's we'll fun. answer you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So let us know if you want us to go live. Maybe uh, next week we'll give it a shot, see yeah. if anybody tunes in. But I tried to do it today, and my phone was taking forever. And oh. The connection was weird or something. I don't know. Oh. But we'll figure it out. We'll do it next week. So, uh, enjoy the show. Yes, enjoy. See you in the outro. See ya. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. I am Nicholas. I'm Bender. And uh, today is a nice holiday episode. Yeah, it's basically Christmas for us, even though it's Thursday. And we're still going to start off with a nice beer me. Beer me! Drinking drinking some good old Samuel Adams Boston Lager. An old standby. Yeah, a good old standby today. Can't go wrong with this one. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There we go. It's a good beer. Well, Bender and I are going to uh, exchange our Christmas gifts here. Yeah. On the show. On the show. It's going to be awesome. And uh, should we start with it? I don't know. Should we? Well, well, well. How about how about we we put that off for just a little bit? Just, just a little bit. We're yeah, just a little bit. Make the kids wait to open the presents. <laughs> yeah, make the kids wait. <laughs> Until I eat. We got breakfast first. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what what have you been up to? I haven't really. Oh, let's see. Well, uh, since we recorded last. When uh, even was that? Was that last Tuesday or something? Yeah, I think so. Because we recorded on like Tuesday and then put the show out on Thursday. It's yeah. a new night. Yeah. Brand new night. Yeah. And then we have, well, we did have, we have a big discussion about what's going on. Yeah. With us. And that's kind of important. With the band. Yeah. But as far as what I've been up to last Thursday evening, Jess and I went out to Indianapolis. Oh yeah, to see a movie. Yeah, she told me about that. What'd you see? La La Land. I had a feeling that was going to be it. Yeah, but uh, she told me that you wanted to see it because Kojima said it was the best movie he's seen all year. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's all I needed to hear to yeah. like sell me on it. And so it's like we got to go see this movie. I didn't even look anything up about it. Uh huh. I just I knew it was a musical, okay. which I'm not usually into. Mm-hmm. So. It's like, well, if Hideo Kojima is calling this the best movie of the year, I'll go and check it out. Yeah. And I'm very glad I did. Really? I, yeah, it's no joke. I don't know where it falls, but I would put it in my top ten movies of all time. Really? Yeah. It's that good. 
That's pretty cool. I actually, uh, just last night, we had, like, a Christmas Hanukkah, Christmas Hanukkah dinner mm-hmm. at my parents' house, and my mom was talking about La La Land and how she wanted to see it, and they were going to have, like, a girls' night and go out and see La La Land. You should. Yeah. And be prepared to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I, I, like, I was trying to hold it together because the theater was packed. Uh-huh. I mean, it was like, it's been released very sparsely throughout the U.S., Yeah, but it's like breaking records for this type of release. Uh-huh. And so, we saw it on like a special pre-release night, and, um, you know, I didn't expect that many people to be there, but I mean, it was like full. I didn't, when we walked in, we were just like, we were a few minutes late, and, um, when we walked into the theater, th- I thought we were going to end up sitting on the floor. Really? Because that's how crowded it was. Dang. We like, walked up, you know, all the way up to the top, and there was, like, nothing. So we ended up finding two seats in the very front that we had to... Ugh. But It's so terrible. Know. I know. We, Lindsay and I went to see Rogue One the other night, and we walked into the theater, and uh, we were like, you know, two for Rogue One, and the lady was like, which showing? And they had... Two theaters showing it in 3D, mm-hmm. and then, like, two theaters showing it in, like, uh, whatever, like, digital XD or something mm-hmm. like that, and then one theater showing it, like, standard or mm-hmm. something like that. So, like, five fucking theaters showing this movie, right? And we walk up, and we're like, you know, Rogue One, and they're like, which showing? And I was like, well, isn't there a showing for, like, 755? Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, but it's pretty much down to just the front row. Because you pick your seats at this theater. Because yeah. they have recliners and whatnot. Mm-hmm. She was like, it's down to the front row. And she was like, pretty much every showing for the rest of the night is down to the front row. And we were just like, see ya. <laughs> like, not even going to fuck with it. it. Nope. I was like, I want to see this movie so fucking bad. But no way am I sitting in the front row to watch it. Like, I don't think any movie is worth sitting that fucking close to a huge-ass screen. Well, the good thing about the theater we went to, it was like an art cinema. Really? So it wasn't like an IMAX screen that you were... Right. You know, six inches away from. Was it a, it was, was it a smaller screen? Like, I mean, it wasn't like... Have you been to the small theaters over at the Lebanon Cinema? Yeah, I think so. It, it, they were bigger than those, but okay. still not as big as like what I would... I guess you would call like a standard right. movie screen, somewhere in the middle. Uh-huh. You know, so. would you would you consider it similar to like the Dollar Theater or bigger than that, like nicer than that? Like the the, the decor de- uh-huh. and whatnot was nicer, but as far as the size of the screen, probably about that size. Okay, because I feel like at the Dollar Theater, the screen is pretty far away from the front row. Yeah, that was another thing. It, like, you weren't right up there. Right. There was a little bit of walking space, uh-huh. you know. So, I guess it, it wouldn't be too bad in a theater like that. But, yeah, yeah. For, for Rogue One, I was just, like, not, not you know, fun yeah. with it. I don't... I think... <coughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that... Did we get stuck in the front or near the front when we saw... Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, when we saw Force seven. Awakens, yeah. we were... Uh, third 
row from the front. There were like two rows in front of us, and we had to watch it in three D that close. Yeah, that was abysmal. Yeah, still <laughs> awesome though. It was. It was. It was awesome. But man, I, I remember loving it the first time we watched it. But I very quickly went back with my parents mm-hmm. and saw it in regular definition and we sat in the back Mm -hmm. and i was just like okay this movie is awesome i i really want to see rogue one because i hear great things about it but like i think maybe you feel this way with the movies that aren't like episode insert number it doesn't seem like it's urgent to be there on like opening night. right no i agree i uh I'm definitely more excited for Rogue One than I was for Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and I have been hearing that it just, like, is so much better than even Force Awakens. Really? Yeah, and that it's, like, I've heard some people say it's the best Star Wars movie, like, yet, and mm-hmm. I've heard some people say it's, like, the second best after Empire now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard so many people say that the last ten minutes, like, change your life, um... I was talking to a friend of mine who said that a couple of her guy friends, like, cried while they were there, mm. and, like, it's being hyped up a lot, and I'm a little worried about that, but I, so far, I'm not, I haven't seen any spoilers, so that's good, but I'm starting to get worried. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm starting to worry that people are going to start saying things online. Well, you probably need to get to it. I know. Um, maybe... Unfortunately, with the holiday weekend, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I'll hit it, be able to hit it next Wednesday or something when, yeah. when I'm off. We're going to go see La La Land again next week. Yeah. Yeah, it's playing at the Neon. Oh, I'd be down for that. Starting, I think starting on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. It's playing through the 29th. So, movies never stay there for very long. Yeah. But. I'd be, I'd be down to go. I'm sure Lindsay would want to. But yeah, you would. You'll probably cry if you watch it. The only movie that has ever made me cry is The Time Traveler's Wife. I've never seen that. It's got uh, Rachel McAdams, because it's a chick flick, Mm -hmm. and Eric Bana. And he plays... Eric Bana plays a time traveler, Mm -hmm. but he can't control his powers. So he just kind of, like, will disappear, and, and he's gone. And so, like, basically, he, like, shows up in a forest, and he kind of walks out, and he's always, he's always naked, too. Mm -hmm. So, he, like, walks out of this forest, and there's, like, a little girl, and he's like, hey, get me some clothes. So, she, like, runs and gets him clothes, and then that little girl grows up to be, like, Rachel McAdams, and he sort of keeps falling back in time Mm -hmm. and meeting her at different points in her life and they eventually like fall in love and they get married and they like have a family and stuff or they they try to um and it's just it's really good and then it's super fucking sad but it's also really like heartwarming and crazy like the Mm -hmm. end of it you're just like holy fuck how tragically romantic Mm -hmm. you know so good. Lindsay won't watch it with me, and it's the only movie that I've ever cried at, mm. and it's the only chick flick that I really kind of stand by. I yeah. think the only real generic chick flick, because I don't like the Notebook. I never saw that. It's 
Mm. It's nothing to write home about. Speaking of things, like, popping out of existence, have you heard about this thing with, like, the Sinbad genie movie? Did you ever hear about that? No. I don't think I've ever seen it. Do you recall one? I remember Shaq playing... Kazam. Kazam, yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't know about the Sinbad genie movie. Okay, well, apparently, like, a lot of people have memories, like, very vivid memories of there being a Sinbad genie movie that was made in the 90s. Okay. Like, before Kazam came out. <laughs> and, long story short, there wasn't. At but all. But there are, like, thousands of people who swear it existed and they remember, like, seeing it at the video store. I was reading about it yesterday, and there was, like, you know, some various testimonials. One guy was talking about, like, how he ran a video store in the 90s, and he remembers ordering two copies of it. And, like, having to watch them because the family, <clears throat> one of the tapes kept getting returned. is like something was wrong with it. Uh-huh. And he's like, so I remember watching it. And he was, like, describing scenes from it. And... And, like, all these people are convinced it was there. Uh-huh. And so there are all these insane theories about, like, you know, did, was there a quantum shift where some people were, like, in an alternate timeline oh where this movie was real, and then they somehow, like, jumped dimensions into a place where it never happened. And, like, it's weird because when I read about it, if you would have asked me yesterday, hey, remember that... Sinbad genie movie I probably would have said Yeah I remember that I never saw it But I remember seeing <laughs> I swear I I have Like It makes sense to me Uh huh I'm not like A truther On it though Right I feel like It has to be something with Maybe another movie He was in Where he kind of Looked like a genie I know he was in like A pirate movie And Yeah he played Didn't he play Sinbad the pirate I don't know if he ever actually played Sinbad. Sinbad played Sinbad? Maybe he did. I don't know. I kind of thought maybe. But I feel like maybe maybe there's like just this random inclination that, from people, you know, that were growing up at that time to associate that movie with like the Shaq movie. Uh-huh. Because they're both like shitty 90s. Horrible. Whatever family comedies. Yeah. You know, so they could bleed together pretty easily in your mind. Especially if you never actually watched it. You just kind of have a a slight recollection of something like that. You know what? What I remember most movie-wise about the 90s, because we watched, my sisters and I watched a lot of Disney Mm -hmm. growing up. So I remember the Disney Channel original movies Mm -hmm. most of all. And it's a shame because I think a lot of those were really, really good for kids. Yeah. And... They're just lost to time. Yeah. Like you, until I'm, there's like a collection, or you yeah, know, they put them on Netflix. But or, I mean, like so many people love like Halloween Town, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I remember uh, Up, Up and Away about this. Uh, it was a family of uh, black superheroes, mm-hmm. and you are supposed to get your powers when you like turn thirteen. And the one son tur- is 13, like the movie opens on his birthday or whatever, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get powers. But, like, his little sister has powers, his big brother has powers, his parents are, like, well-known superheroes and everything. And there's, like, a buttload of other superheroes. But then, like, even though he's normal, he ends up stopping this, like, digital 
terrorism mm-hmm. where like this dude this group of people have a computer program and they're giving it to kids on floppy disk in classrooms and it's supposed to like teach them how to recycle yeah. but they go home and pop it in and it brainwashes them to like steal money from their parents <laughs> and then they like take all the money to these people and and their weakness is aluminum foil hmm. but uh the the Probably the best one, besides Brink, because that movie was awesome. Did you ever watch Brink? I don't think so. It was about rollerblading. I don't think I ever saw that one. It was good. (laughs) It was good. But there was this terrible, terrible, scary movie called Don't Look Under the Bed. And it was about the boogeyman. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the movie, there's like the main girl and then her little brother... And, uh, the little brother has an imaginary friend, but I think the sister and brother can both see this imaginary friend. Well, as the, while the the little boy is growing up, so he starts to stop believing in his friend. And when that happens, um, if you stop believing in your imaginary friend, they turn into the boogeyman and the boogeyman design and like the uh it's like literally like a body horror film i mean yeah. his imaginary friend like slowly is transforming into the boogeyman and it's fucking terrifying <laughs> like so fucking scary and i remember watching it on vacation as a little kid and just like we we rented out we were supposed to go camping with like my mom's whole family and it rained, like, all weekend, so we ended up renting two cabins and stayed in the cabin, so we had TVs, and it was, like, the premiere, and we watched it, and I had nightmares for, like, a week. What was it called? Don't Look, Don't under, look the under the Bed. And I'm pretty sure you can... I'm pretty sure, honestly, though, you can rent these on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I just, like, don't want to spend a dollar ninety nine on... That an hour-long Disney Channel original movie. Have you just 90s. looked on YouTube? No, I haven't done that. Might but it was be on there. I don't it know. was scary as fuck. <laughs> like so scary, so much so that I wish that I had it on DVD. <laughs> Maybe uh, Arrow will do a release. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? I saw that Arrow did a release of The Burbs in the UK. Did they? Yeah. Like recently, like, or it's just they just have they it. just have one. Yeah. It's like, man, that's like one of my favorite movies ever. I've not seen love The Burbs. God, I've so heard good. about it. It's a great movie. Uh, when I was in Massachusetts for that tattoo um, event, mm-hmm. uh, one of the artists that I that I actually want to get tattooed by collabed on a Burbs piece. Uh, this girl has a whole thigh piece of of uh, the the redneck, I guess. He had like a red a beard, red. Beard. Oh yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Something about a squirrel, mm-hmm. like whatever. So he has like the squirrel and the house and the and it's a whole thigh piece That's from the burbs. Cool. But <laughs> well, uh, do you want? Have we kept the children waiting long enough? Well, it, I don't know. We can get the business out of the way. Yeah, here we, real quick. we can get the business. Um, I guess the most. Uh, apparent thing right away is that we are going to be transitioning our video shows into segments here on the supercast yes 
and that was something that Bender and I talked about last week. You know, I was, uh, we'd actually recorded footage for Star Wars, um, Air yeah. of the Empire yep. for Super Fanatics. And we also recorded footage for Jack Frost for Super Scary. Yeah. Which, I don't know, maybe because I have this, maybe I'll throw a little something together. I don't know. It's just, I was, uh, I realized that, like, in all the, the time that I was working on band stuff, it was, it seemed like because the videos that we were releasing, um, were getting better, and then I therefore wanted to continue improving them any way that I could, I found I was spending more time on them than I was in the beginning. Yeah. And so it was leaving me with basically no time to work on music, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. If we're a band, we kind of need that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's the long and short of it. It's just they were becoming very time-consuming to put together, especially, like, with, with, the, uh, with Super Fanatics. When it first started, I was taking pictures with my phone. Then I started using the scanner on my computer because the quality was much better, you know. And then I found out that I could scan them in at a higher quality, which make, makes the uh, scans take longer. Uh-huh. So as you can hear, it's like, you know, we're not the type of guys who want to just put out uh, garbage. Not that our right. shows were garbage, no. but if there was a way to improve things and I saw it, I was like, yeah, we should do that to make these as good as they can possibly be. And that's where there was kind of the conflict where it's like, okay, it's going to have to kind of be one or the other at the moment. Anyhow, you know, maybe down the road when we get some time freed up, who knows, maybe we'll, we'll bring them back in a video form or like release one every now and then for special occasions. But the weekly thing was, was getting a bit intense. It's kind of, I mean, I, and I, you know, we talked about it. I completely am like on board. I think, the music needs to be, I mean, first, yeah. you know, first priority. But, you know, I am I'm a little bummed yeah. because I think were we not a band, mm-hmm. we, we really had a good thing going. Yeah. We had real, you know, you were always improving. The quality was getting much better. Um, and it was just fun, you know. It, it was. was. And, and another thing is I feel like we, we started going more in depth. Yeah. And the shows were getting longer as well on top of all of that. Yeah. So it was just like one thing after another. It made me realize like if we wanted to do that, like you said, if we weren't a band, we probably could. We, yeah. Well, there's no probably about it. We could. We would absolutely. Throw, that's what we would do. That's what we would do if we didn't have a, a music project going on. And, you know, in the beginning, those were just supposed to be like little side pieces, like to promote the band. Yeah. Since we weren't really active on the musical end of things at that point, you know, over the summer, it's like what else can we do to kind of keep ourselves in, you know, in people's uh field of vision right. so that they don't totally forget about us. And I feel like it, it it's done a good job, you know, because if you look at our uh any of our social media accounts, our website, you see that we've been active We've been working on stuff. Yeah. Even if it hasn't been the music, which, you know, that's, it's cool to see that we didn't just waste our back. time. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I was thinking maybe 
maybe sometime in the future. I don't have the equipment for it now, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe we'll get to a point where I have the equipment yeah. to edit mm-hmm. and we're able to begin shooting, maybe not weekly, but yeah. maybe twice a month mm-hmm. we'll be able to re- release videos and I can edit them yeah. together because, you know, while you work on music, because you're obviously the chief, you're the chief on music. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there and help create and I'm yeah. going to create myself as well, but you know, hopefully there will come a time when we're able to continue releasing video shows. Mm-hmm. Um, at least about release uh, Super Scary and Super Fanatics episodes. Yeah. Video shows aren't dead, though. That's right. Because we are going to uh, begin documenting our journey here. Yes. In the creation of this next album that we're going to be working on. Yes. And, uh... So... Instead, unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, instead of getting your Super Scary and Super Fanatics, we are basically going to start uh, the Super Vlog. Yeah. And uh, and like Nick said, we are here soon. Um, we are going to go full-on music, and uh, we're going to document that, that experience and that journey. And, you know, I would encourage anybody out there listening that watches our shows regularly as well, you know, I would encourage you to like stay tuned, you know, and keep watching because we are going to be documenting a completely raw creative experience. Like both of us are entering into a genre of music that neither of us is familiar with, at least creative wise. We both are fans mm-hmm. of what we're going to be doing, but neither one of us has ever created this kind of music before. And, you know, even now, as I sit here, I still have, like, never touched a synth. Mm-hmm. You know? So this is going to be... Literally, you'll you'll get to watch us develop from the ground up on what we're doing and how this new album is going to come about. And eventually... If you keep watching the shows, you'll end up in the studio with us. And, you know, hopefully one day you'll end up at shows with us. And you'll end up, you know, God willing, on tour with us mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, and you know, that's where that's where we're going to go with this, this vlog. And we've talked about doing a uh, special edition release of our album, When the Time Comes. And uh, we're going to compile all of these... I would assume probably like 15 minute videos ish considering mm-hmm. that's what we have time for on yeah. our memory card. Yeah, just I guess whatever good footage we get in yeah. a given week, you know, yeah. when we get together and you know, we'll we'll compile it uh, you know, for each video, but then on our CD release we are going to compile it all into a documentary about our journey and this new adventure that we are going to be starting. I mean, we've already started one with the shows in general, and now we're literally going to be taking a fresh step on a more direct path to music. Because as I'm pretty sure we've told you guys, but we have studio time scheduled. Yeah, we're already booked. I mean, it's it's on the calendar yeah, for us and for the studio. We're, so. we're going to the studio. We are going to make you new music, and it is going to come in 2017. Like... Just period. That's yeah. going to happen. So, yep. It's uh, we're we're heading to Random Awesome Studios in uh, Michigan. 
with Josh Schroeder again, who did uh, the Sleep Star album. Yeah. I love what you've done with the place. Mm -hmm. And you did an awesome job on that. And it was a lot of fun to work with him. Amazing production, lackluster album. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible, but, but the production is really, really good. And Josh was really great to work with. I mean, if you guys have any sense of our personalities and who we are as, as people and as friends, Josh is just like us, period. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, we're we're heading up there in June, and we'll be recording for a month. So, really, uh, really exciting times, and you know, there's a lot of work to do. Yep. So, kind so, of uh, surveying all of that is what led to our decision, and you know, you'll get your your super scary. We're still gonna, I think we'll we'll still kind of stick with the same general setup. I don't know if we'll. Um, I mean, we have a little more freedom doing uh, those type of uh, discussions on the podcast. Yeah, you know, um, I think uh, I think what what'll kind of come of it is um, well, if you guys watched the Silent Night Deadly Night video, which I I was our last video, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, we were just starting to adopt a new format where. We kind of give you an overview of the whole movie with all footage. Like, you, you didn't see us yeah. at all. Uh, and then towards the end, uh, once we finished the plot or got to a point where we didn't want to spoil it, um, you, you know, you camera came to us and we kind of gave you a couple facts and some impressions and things like that of the movie. Um, I think doing it on the podcast, at least if I had my way... We'd kind of give a, a more general overview of the plot, but I think it'll be easier to sort of go over what happens, but then be like, oh, I really liked this part, and here's why, you yeah. know? I, yeah, I, I would still like to do an overview. Yeah. Maybe not as long, um, but one good thing about just talking about stuff that happens in the movie I, I think we should still stick with the format of trying to spoil as little as possible. Agreed. But it gives us an opportunity to be like, hey, there's this really cool death scene, yes. and this happens. And you can kind of talk about it a little bit without revealing any of the characters um, or spoiling what it actually looks like on screen. Right. So on the video show, if you brought up a, a death sequence or you know something cool that happens in the movie and you don't show it, it kind of feels like, you know, part of it's missing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if you show it, then you kind of spill the beans and give people less incentive to actually go out and watch it for themselves, which is why we talk about this, these things. Right. So, yeah, you'll, you'll, still, you'll still get your, you'll get your fix all at, here on the podcast. So uh, we'll be picking a movie to talk about. Yep. You know, and kind of uh, same general setup because it, that that still keeps us focused mm -hmm. and I, I think it's easier to to kind of take something away from that type of discussion yeah as opposed to just like here's our horror section of the podcast where it's just like whatever comes to mind right yeah no we'll can... still be watching we'll still be watching movies because i want to keep doing that to encourage myself to continue buying movies yeah that's part of it um but, so today, 
maybe after maybe after our gifts or something we'll maybe we can do a little bit of a something on Jack Frost and maybe yeah. we'll go into air the air to the empire a little bit. Yeah. Um and then we'll have to kind of play catch up, but maybe next week we'll go over Black Christmas mm-hmm. because that was actually slated for uh this Saturday as a video show. I feel like I, I still now that you've seen it uh-huh. I want to talk about it. Well, we can. I mean, we can do we, that too. We can just cram it all in. Yeah. I mean, this podcast can be two hours long. It can be. There's, there's no. We don't have any fucking time limit here. No. But speaking of Christmas, maybe that's a good segue into our our little gift exchange. Yeah, here. Christmas gift giving. Yeah. Um. Okay. First, you got to start with cards, right? Oh, I didn't get you a card. It's okay, okay. If, you, if you didn't. <laughs> I usually, I usually don't do cards, but I I got everyone cards this year. Really? I was out and I was uh, walking around uh, Kroger and stopped in the card section. I was like, I'm gonna get everyone a card this year. <laughs> so I did. And I came home and I I wrote them all out and licked them up. Well, and, that's uh, nice. Here you go. How nice is Nice that? and sealed. Thank you. There you go. It says. Uh, so Nick just handed me my card. It's a white envelope, and it says Brendel on the front of it. <laughs> Makes me think of, uh, what's his name? Isn't it Seth Brundle from uh, The Fly? Is that his name? I think it is. I know he's Dr. Brundle. Mm. Brundle Fly. <laughs> I've been trying to get Lindsay to watch The Fly. We need to do that on Super Scary so that I have to watch it. She won't. Then, does she not want to? It's not that she doesn't want to. It's just like, she. Just, mm. what do you want to watch? Oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. No. <laughs> so I've opened my card here. I guess we'll just describe it because we're not going to show it or anything. Yeah. Uh, it's got it's got C three PO and R two D two and BB eight on the front. It says Galactic Greetings with sort of uh, red and white hyperspace with yeah. lots of glitter. So you know I'm into the glitter. When you open it up, it's got the Millennium Falcon inside, and it says Hope your holidays are out of this world, just like you. Should I read the inscription? Is it yeah. going to be sentimental? Go for it. So, right under that, uh, Nick's got an inscription, and he's got an arrow between the the just and the like, and just like you. And it says, yes, just like you. You are an out-of-this-world guy, a trusted friend, a confidant, a true soldier. I'm lucky to have a ride-or-die like you in my life. With our powers combined, and as we are animated and energized by the spirit of christmas trees we will do wonderful things in this world of christmas happy christmas to you and your crew nuka 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 yeah like you know yeah like that yeah but not that yeah and then it says love you bro too sweet me christmas hootski (laughs) 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 nicholas randall Villars the third and then, on the opposite side of the card, it says, I hope you like this Star Wars card I made at Skywalker's Road. <laughs> George Lucas. And then it has a wonderful, a wonderful Nick Villar's drawing of the man himself, George Lucas. And he's given me a thumbs up with his right hand, and he's got frostbite on his left hand. Because <laughs> it's cold. It's Christmas time at Skywalker Road. Yeah, Christmas time on Skywalker. Right? And it's actually, if you read a little more closely, 
uh, his name. George Lunkus. (laughs) (laughs) What a wonderful card that's going on the refrigerator for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so I have two things to open. Yes, you do. Oh, boy. And I am... I'm debating so hard which one for you to open first. Okay. Um, but I think we're going to go with this one first. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't understand what it is, you'll you'll kind of get it when you open the second one, and then I'll explain. Okay. So there's your there's your first one there. All right. I've uh, this is a a rectangular package. Um, it feels fairly heavy. Maybe between five and ten pounds, um, and uh, it's got some nice wrapping paper, red with um, many circles, uh, some green and red, and some uh, some blue and white. Some nice polka dots, if you polka will. Polka dotties, and I'm going to begin opening this. See what we got here. This is a package containing two picture frames, and um, these have uh, stands on the back of them, and it looks like uh, they uh, they stand vertically. Yeah, and you have. Uh, little, uh, I would say you got three um, segments on each picture frame, and uh, it looks like you could hold like three classic photographs that you might have taken with uh, your old Polar or not Polaroid, but your Kodak camera. Yeah, some nice four by sixes. Okay, is that what is that it's the standard? They're four by six. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Four by six. So you get room for three four by six photographs in each frame here. Nice. Uh, Kind of cherry oak coloring. Well, I mean, it's from Walmart, so <laughs> it's probably cherry oak plastic. But. Well, I, I said cherry oak coloring. Oh, okay, there you go. There you so go. it's maybe not cherry oak wood, but it sounds kind of like wood, and yeah. uh, it's nice and heavy. Yeah, they're good. They're so I'm going to set those there. Do those do those images look familiar to you at all? Oh, wait, hold on. Let me... you got to got to examine oh, the images. You, good thing you said that because I just uh, yes they do look familiar. These are images. Wow, you know what? You know what's cool about this? What's that? I I looked right over the images in the picture frame uh-huh. because it it looked like the professional kind of stock drawings you would have gotten with the frame. Oh stuff. yeah, yeah. Like I I was just looking at a glance. I was like, oh, okay, those are. Those are the pictures included, <laughs> and I just saw like the, the the outlines, you know, yeah, very quickly looking, without realizing that in each uh, in each space for a photograph is a drawing representing something from the mutilator. That's right. You're right. So, um, yeah. So because because you guessed, yeah, these are hand-drawn storyboard cards directly from the production of the Mutilator. Wow. 
They're really? all stamped on the back with property of the mutilator, and you can't see it in the frame, but each one is numbered on which scene it is up here in the up here in the right hand corner. Well, holy shit, man! That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, those are those are all hand drawn. Where'd you get these? Well, open your next gift, okay, and I will elaborate. Okay. Let's see here. Okay, so here we have, um, <clears throat> this feels like another picture frame. It is another picture frame. It feels like uh, there's maybe room for one large photo it's in this one. Most likely one large photo. One large photo. If you're trying to get a visual here, just, um, I'm just feeling it out here. It feels like... A frame you might have uh, put your senior picture in and, yeah. and hung in the hallway. Yeah, it's a little larger. Okay. I'll open this one. Oh, wow. So this is... We've got... This is a fall break. Okay, so it has the original title artwork, right? Yeah. This is a fall break brochure that was passed out at the Cannes Film Festival. And if you'll notice here... It is signed by Buddy Cooper because I bought these directly from Mr. Buddy Cooper. Wow. That is amazing. Mr. Cooper keeps an Instagram account where he sells mutilator merchandise uh, and screen-used props and uh, behind-the-scenes photos and film. You can buy the entire film on reel from from him himself and what you do is you message him on facebook and you place an order and then he sends you stuff so there's not even like an automated store you just have to message buddy cooper yeah and you're like hey man i want to order this and this and then he sends you a paypal invoice and you pay him and then wow. he sends you stuff that is awesome so i found this when i was trying to figure out where buddy cooper lived right mm -hmm. i was looking up his address and it directed me to the to the facebook which directed me to the instagram and now, the reason I got these for you, not only are they, like, fucking sweet, yeah. because they are, mm -hmm. but sentimentally, I feel like all throughout Super Scary, The Mutilator has kind of been the one film that you and I, not, like, I mean, we've really bonded over this film. Yeah. Because we discovered it together mm -hmm. and it's it was a blind buy you know and we mm -hmm. both you know enjoyed the film and then enjoyed it so much more watching the documentary about yeah. it on the era release and just it's just kind of like having that camaraderie with yeah. you and like hell yeah like this is our thing you know it's yeah that's it's super cool so i found awesome. found all this stuff for you that is really really awesome and not Barry. to give it away too much but buddy cooper sells this stuff for dirt cheap does he? <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's gonna be sold out soon the entire film on four canisters four film reels is like two hundred dollars Jeez. yeah man that is really cool this is uh so is this in the documentary in the mutilator documentary they talk about how they had an original well, when the title was still Fall Break, right? they had uh, the original artwork for the movie poster that, that they had you know, drawn up before the movie got widespread distribution. 
that they basically said, no, that's shitty. Yeah. We're going to make new poster poster art for you. This is the original, then, I would assume. Yeah, that is the original poster this art would be before what, they changed it to the Mutilator. What the what the suits said, no, you got to get rid of that yeah. over. Yeah. I, I like it. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I think it's pretty cool. That's really fucking cool, man. But I didn't know, also, that it was going to come signed. And I wasn't sure exactly who I was dealing with mm-hmm. or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that showed up with his signature on it. And I was like, I'm just messaging Buddy Cooper. Yeah. Like, it's no big deal. Like, That's awesome. So I actually got uh, six storyboard cards for myself, too. Did you? Yeah. Were they different? or the? They are different. Are they? He has the, the post... the. Uh, page on his Instagram or the post on his Instagram is uh, just a box just full of them I mean I believe the bridge scene right there Mm -hmm. is like in the thousands uh, numbered so you it was like I mean it was like you got 12 of them for like three dollars I mean it was just it's just crazy yeah and like I said they're all stamped on the back with like property of the mutilator and it says like scene number and all kinds of all kinds of stuff and these are the originals yeah those are original hand drawn that is so cool Man. that is very thoughtful thank you very much you're very welcome and I, I agree with you um, you know something else I was thinking about uh, as far as super scary in particular I think was um you know, you, we've been in this band together and, you know, uh, Sleep Star for several years now. Yeah. You know, but uh, but I feel like doing these shows together, if nothing else, it's allowed us to hang out more, you know, and, and kind of become better bros yeah. throughout the whole thing. So no, it's, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And Yeah, that's, that's definitely part of it. I mean... I feel like, you know, from from the moment... Let's get sentimental, people. <laughs> from the moment that, like, we hung out for the first time, and it was at your wife's shop, yeah. and we were painting mm-hmm. the walls, and we had only spoken uh, probably once before, and it was when Jesse had called me to see if I wanted to try out for the band. And then you immediately started messaging me on Facebook, and I was Mm -hmm. trying to talk to both of you at the same time. Yeah. But, uh, so so the first time we met, we were actually, it was just the two of us as well, but uh, you came to the shop, and uh, we we were painting together, and just sort of got to know each other and stuff. And, you know, oh, you like Star Wars, and do you like this, and do you like Metallica? And, Mm -hmm. you know, we talked about all kinds of stuff, and... You know, I think, I think ever since then, I have really, obviously, I've, I've felt a very strong connection to you as a friend, and then, you know, joining the band and meeting Bob and Zach Madden at the time, like, it was just, you know, it's a great experience, and, you know, even all the experiences that we've had and the member changes that we've had, like, I've never hated anybody really you know i you know i had issues with certain people but all through through it all though through it all and through everything that's happened over the last i guess three years now you know you and i i think have progressively gotten closer and closer and 
especially now mm-hmm. with only being the two of us in this band and then also doing these shows like you said it's you know I you you really are like you're like you're my best friend or one of my very very best friends and you know I've always really thought of you as like an older brother you know even though you're you're only what like four or five years older than me yeah it's nothing crazy but still like you know and even you and Jesse like you you guys are like role models to me you know what I mean well thank you so yeah yeah man and you know, that's why it's it's going to be, it'll still be cool even doing Super Scary and Super Fanatics on the podcast because I feel like part of, part of what's, you know, been the bonding element in those shows is not just like the fact they're video shows, but it's like that we're, that we're consciously deciding that we're both going to check out this thing this yeah. week and then we get to talk about it, Yeah, you know, and, and and connect over it, which is like the essence and the magic of, of fandom, in my opinion. Yeah. It's really cool to watch something and be blown away by it, but I think that the most fun that you have as a fan of this or that thing is when you meet other fans and you can talk about it and yeah. you know, and share your likes and dislikes and have your back and forth and your arguments about which character is more powerful or mm-hmm. which character is better, you know. And, and so far, you know, it's been so great because watching these movies, you know, if if we both pick something up and watch something for the very first time, The Mutilator, mm-hmm. we're both blown away by the same things. And, like, knowing that about each other and being able to bond over that the Black Christmas re or not the remake, definitely <laughs> not the remake, uh, but the original Black Christmas, which you know, we'll, hopefully we'll talk about soon. Yeah, watching that for the first time, both of us, and just being like, "Holy shit, mm-hmm. this movie's awesome!" and like we both know it. That you know, to be able to to consistently over what like almost f- fifteen episodes. Yeah like and dislike just about all of the exact same stuff Mm -hmm. is just like you know it's fun we're best friends yeah (laughs) (laughs) like that's the definition of what best friends do yeah so it's been it's been really great and i i wanted to commemorate that well that's that's extremely thoughtful and that's awesome and i'm glad you pointed out before I just said that, I was like... I was, oh, just some picture uh, frames. Well, I, I, when you said that they would, you know, I would understand the frames more by the second gift, uh-huh. I assumed maybe there were going to be pictures oh, yeah. in the second one that I would then put in the frame without realizing, no, that's that's what's in there. Those are very special things that yeah. I'll just throw <laughs> without looking. <laughs> It only took me like a second when I glanced back, yeah, you know, and saw what was going on. So that's yeah, that's really cool. I believe I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that bridge scene as well mm-hmm. might have been from the scene that was cut from the movie. Yeah, I was thinking that because I remember him talking about that in the, uh, the yeah. documentary. And a lot of this, these three in in this frame with the that. Um, killer catching that big egg catching the axe there yeah. and then the axe going through the window and then uh 
gosh, I can't remember the name. Little Ed and uh, Pam. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, arm in arm like that. Yeah. These are these are pretty close in number. Like, almost, it's almost a complete sequence. They're probably only one or two apart, like, number-wise. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's... You're only missing, like, one or two cards in between those those cards. That's... I mean, that's an awesome find, just as, like, a a horror fan. I know. It's you know? so great. I mean, I'm telling you, this, this Instagram account, you can buy screen-used clothing items, and you can buy full-sized, like... I think the biggest frame, you know, you can find at, like, Walmart is, like, 24 by 36, you know, mm-hmm. and that's your, like, movie poster size. I'm talking, like, like 30 by 41 mm-hmm. posters of Fall Break and The Mutilator, both artworks, like, original movie posters. Uh, I, I mean, like I said, behind-the-scenes slide, mm-hmm. slide reels, like, you would need a projector to view them on a camera. It's... Did, uh, Super awesome. Did the Arrow release have this like as the alternate cover art? Yeah, you can flip it around. Okay, and it's the Fall Break cover. That's cool. That's really neat. Well, I guess you can open up your gift here. Yeah, and um, you might be able to guess by the shape. I guess <laughs> I, I maybe. What I think I'm thinking probably. An action figure of sorts. But, you know, I love love action figures. So, as I just guessed it, most likely an action figure. But to paint the picture here, we've got some very nice Spider-Man wrapping paper. And not only is it Spider-Man wrapping paper, but it is, in fact, Christmas-themed. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. Some snowflakes. Some snowflakes. A uh, nice blue background, you know, with some uh, some dots for more snowflakes. And then... Spider-Man doing his various wonderful Spider-Man poses. I especially love this one. That's my favorite. The jump with kind of the... Yeah, his feet are kind of like together. Yeah. His arms are straight up. That's my favorite Spider-Man pose. I love it. It looks. It always looks so cool. So, let's see what, what figure we got here. Does the wrapping paper have a clue as to which hmm. figure is enclosed? Hmm. I, I don't say. know. Because I maybe have an idea, but we'll see here. It is Spider-Gwen! Just as I thought. What a wonderful gift. This is the uh, Marvel Legends series. Uh, It's got Spider-Man, Edge of Spider-Verse. You know, I love this. Don't get me wrong. The one thing that just bothers the shit out of me about the Marvel Legends series. Mm-hmm. They're great figures. I've got Spider-Gwen here, and she has uh, an alternate head of just Gwen Stacy unmasked, and then it uh, looks like a, kind of a hood-down yeah. version that goes underneath the uh, Spider-Gwen head. It kills me that these secondary characters that they have, it does, it doesn't just say their name. I know, I don't. I don't get that. I don't... I don't understand it. You've got, you know, Marvel Legends series at the top here, and then down at the bottom it says Marvel Spider-Man, and then in a red bar across the bottom of the box, instead of just saying Spider-Gwen, it says Edge of Spider-Verse. And this is not the only figure that does this, because... Like you said, it's, it's pretty much all the secondary characters. Yeah, like, uh, you, you've got, um... 
oh gosh, I can't even I can't even think now. Like under uh who which what is what is this character? I can't remember her name. Um This oh, is a problem, see? Yeah. She's a secondary not, character. Not but you it just Okay, okay, okay. You've got Morbius. Yeah. Morbius the living vampire has a Marvel Legends figure and it's part of this series because they release what one two three four five six seven figures at a time in a series and then you get stuff to make a bigger figure but morbius here the living vampire if you were to purchase his figure on his little title bar it would say villains of the night not morbius morbius the living vampire like whose call is that Where they're just like, well, they don't need the name on there. Just put the series. Yeah. But your main characters, Spider-Man and Venom, it says Venom underneath Venom. Because everyone needs to know who Venom is. But nobody needs to know who Spider-Gwen or Morbius or this is Boomerang, I think. No one needs to know who Boomerang is. (laughs) Ridiculous. However, I love this figure. This is wonderful. I was... Everywhere I went, I was always scoping for that. And I really? finally found one. Yeah. I was too. <laughs> every it seemed, time. It seemed like they'd have every other, sometimes multiple series. Yeah. And like every figure from both, but that was just never yeah. anywhere to be found. The Spider-Gwen figure was pretty difficult yeah. there for a bit. So. Well, this is awesome. Very cool. Now, are you... Um, do you plan on removing it from the package, or will that be uh, kept in the box? Not sure. Because, you know, I took the ones I have out of the box. Well, I have the Kylo Ren that you gave me, mm-hmm. the Black Series, and then also the Sand Trooper that you gave me from the Black Series. Those are still in their boxes. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, when I, you know, when I bought Captain Phasma, I removed her from the box. Kept the box, mm-hmm. but I removed her. Um, I've been taking my pop vinyls out of their boxes. I don't know. I might leave her, might leave her in there. Depends. I know I'm getting from Lindsay because I purchased them myself, but I'm getting the Saga figures for Christmas from her. Those are definitely going to stay in the box, I think, unfortunately, because I want to play with them really bad, or at least display them, but they are not coming out. Should I tell you a secret? Yeah. I bought you those, too. Did you really? And then you told me that you went out and got them yourself, oh and I was like, well... Did you return them? No, they're, they're still up in the attic. You should keep them for yourself. I was thinking about it. You should. You already bought them. I know. What are you going to do? Where where'd you buy them from? Nostalgia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, right after I told you, and then... Or, I told you that I had seen them there. Uh-huh. And I was hoping your reaction would be like, oh... that's funny yeah but then then you ended up getting them elsewhere well it's it's only because i probably wouldn't have but it's only because Lindsay and i had talked about it for my birthday Mm -hmm. and it was already discussed like hey will you buy me these and she had already said yes so when they showed up in person and the only reason we didn't for our birthday is because shipping from skybound.com was fucking insane. Yeah. 
So when they showed up at Nostalgia, I, I went right to her and I was like, hey, Nick saw these at Nostalgia. If I go check and they're still there, like, can I hold a pair? Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, that's fine. But if you still have them, you should keep them because they're nice figures. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I probably will. Hopefully that's not douchey. Why would it be douchey? I don't know. I know I'm getting them. I like, know. it's not a big deal. I know. You should. You should keep them. That way we can both have them. Yeah. I kept the, uh, well, of course, I, that, what I meant was I I bought the other Skybound figure, the uh, Kyle Barnes. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah, I saw another one of those at Did Nostalgia. You? I wanted to pick it up, but I didn't. I don't have any money. I spent too much on movies lately. Which is fine. Yeah. Need those movies. Yeah. So, there's our gift exchange. Yeah. So, thank you very much for these lovely, lovely items. Yes, thank you for this wonderful figure. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm hoping, I'm really, really hoping, fingers crossed, I'll get the uh, Scream Factory Special Edition, or Ultimate Edition, Child's Play for Christmas from... uh, someone in Lindsay's family and I'll have a nice NECA Chucky doll too it's nice you know it's always really nice to get action figures mm-hmm. because it's something that I really love but I don't like spending money on yeah I'm the same way there are few and far between that I actually will buy for myself now. yeah I buy a shit ton for Lazarus yeah he's gonna play with him exactly know? for me it's like I don't know I've I've got a, a nice collection at the moment, so mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, overcrowd yeah. my my room here. So it's, like, something that I feel like I really need, I'll go for it. But, you know, I think the, the newest figures I got were the Walking Dead, the three up there. Oh, yeah. I got a Rick, a Michonne, and a Daryl. But. Yeah, I, uh. I, you know, and I'm very, I'm very exclusive when it comes to pop vinyls as well, because mm-hmm. I feel like they're the new Beanie Babies. And yeah, you can not just even the crazy new, on those. Not even the new Beanie Babies. They are the Beanie Babies, and they have been for a long time, and they are still being released. And I'm not going to lie, you know, they're starting to get into very interesting territory, character-wise. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a lot of characters that would be really nice to have. And they're finally they're finally starting to kind of move away from your core characters. Yeah. You know, they don't have six versions of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. They've got, you know, there's a new Iron Man for the Civil War, but they've also got Quicksilver and a Silver Surfer and a Cable. And, you know, I think there's a there might even be a Bishop uh, pop vinyl. But just very nice. Yeah off-kilter characters um so it's it's starting to be like oh they're getting some characters i want to buy but i've been i've held back enough to only be i've only purchased the uh my chemical romance the gerard way pops which i found uh a Hot Topic exclusive Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge pop vinyl in the wild at Hot Topic. So I bought one of those. Now I only need the Black Parade uh, skull-faced Gerard 
that's the that's unfortunately that's the last for the series. That's it. There's only four of them. Mm. But goddamn, do I need them? Would, I don't know. Did they do? Um, did they do anything from Danger Days? No, but that would have been awesome. That seems like it would have been cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so there's those four and. I don't know. Apparently, they're coming out with Last of Us pop vinyls. And I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. well, I'll get those. Yeah. I'll get those for show. I do really want to pick up a lot of the horror uh, monsters, too. Lindsay has a leather face that I bought for her that's really cool. And luckily, I you know, the horror ones were kind of early on, yeah. oddly enough. And uh, But with the recent opening of FYE in the Dayton Mall and stuff... I'm starting to see the horror characters mm-hmm. a lot more. So, you know, they have a ghost face and a Sam from Trick or Treat and Chucky and Michael Myers and Leatherface, obviously, and Hellraiser and Freddy. And, yeah. You know, start. I have a Jason, which is cool because I have it from episode, from episode, uh, Jason part five mm-hmm. with the blue and he's got blue on his mask, which is sweet. But that was a gift, so. I'd like to see some Metal Gear at yeah. some point, but I don't doubt it. I'm sure they'd get into it sometime. They, uh, I've seen Metal Gear figures from. Have you ever seen the? I think they're called Nendroids. Y- yes, no. They're yes. like little cutesy anime-looking characters uh-huh. or designs, but they do a lot of video game stuff and a lot of stuff from mangas and and animes. Uh huh. Uh, they're smaller than pop vinyls, but they're pretty cool. They usually come with like accessories and yeah. other knickknacks, but I've not seen any from from pop. And also, I still hope that Bethesda just releases a full line of the actual figures from from Doom, like all the collectibles that you would have oh found. God, those if they would just so release cool. all of those, like the way they look in the game, yeah, like that exactly. size. They need to be they need to be modified Mighty Mugs. Do you remember Mighty Mugs? Mm-mm. Mighty Mugs look exactly like the collectibles from Bethesda from from Doom. Yeah, uh, their hands are like Lego hands, mm-hmm. um, and they have like the big heads and like smaller bodies, and they were vinyl figures. Um, Butch has a bunch of them in his booth at the shop. He's got Boba Fett and Darth Maul and I think a Chewbacca. Mm. They're called Mighty Mugs. Next time you're at the shop, take a look at them. They're not... They're not exact because these ones kind of stand with their arms out. Yeah. And I know the ones in Doom were more straight down like a traditional action figure. Mm-hmm. Um, these ones were a little bit spread more. Their legs are kind of spread and then their yeah. arms are sort of curved like this in a C. Mm-hmm. Um, but... If those figures were modified to where the helmet looked like Doom and everything, that would be excellent, excellent, excellent. Those are so cool. Yeah. And they just... The pop figures just aren't... They don't, like, satisfy... No. ...what you want out of those particular, you know, figures from from that game. Right. Because they have a very particular look to them. Yeah. They're So, so cool. Yeah. I think they've got like they might have released one of the the Doom 
Space Marines. And I like think you can get a Space Marine as a pop. Yeah, I've seen them in the pop, and they also make like the little blind boxes. Yeah. I've seen them in that, which it looks closer to the way they look in the game, but, yes. you know, they're Real tiny. two inches or so, you know. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Even pops are kind of pushing it for me, being at like three and a half inches or whatever they mm. are. They're nice and everything, and, you know, but... And I do want I do want a lot of the the horror characters and obviously I'm trying to collect all the Gerard Way characters. Yeah. But I don't have any anybody from Marvel yet. I think I I don't think I'd buy anybody from Marvel unless it was Moon Knight. I'd love I'd love to see a Moon Knight pop mm-hmm. idol. Hot Topic has an anti venom. Mm. That's pretty cool. It's an exclusive. I might get a Carnage too, but there's so many Deadpools, like, I don't even want Deadpool, because yeah. there's just a buttload of them. If I'm going to buy a Deadpool pop vinyl, it's going to be the taco truck one. <sighs> well, do you want to go over uh, Black Christmas at all? Yeah, we can talk about Black Christmas. So, okay, then we should preface it by saying we both just watched this movie. We did. We, as, as I said earlier... Um, this weekend, so, you know, the Saturday after this cast comes out, which hopefully it'll go up, you know, tonight and be available tomorrow, because we're recording on Thursday, which is a new night, ha ha ha, Mm. hot and fresh. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were going to do a Black Christmas double feature, so in, in preparation, um, I purchased both the Black Christmas remake and the Scream Factory Blu-ray collector's edition of the original Black Christmas from 1979. I think. 78 or 79. It's fucking early. It's an early one. Um, and uh, within the last week, I would say, we have both seen this movie for the first time. The original. Yeah. Yeah. Which I had never seen either before. You had seen the remake. Only, only right? um, Recently, only after I bought it. Okay. When we went to Suncoast, yeah. and I picked it up, I think, mm-hmm. that was, watching it like that night was the first time I'd seen it. Okay. So I did watch it a couple weeks, uh, probably early December. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we were approaching the original from slightly different perspectives because you saw the remake first. I did. And I watched the original first. Yeah. So my... My horror and shock and disappointment yeah. when I watched the the remake might have been a bit more um, uh, dramatic than whatever you felt when you watched it because probably because I I loved the original and it's like holy shit this is fucking amazing it's really good you yeah. know I wasn't expecting that at all I I figured it was going to be like just a generic slasher from the, uh-huh. the time it came out where you have like piss poor acting and a bunch of like schlocky looking effects <laughs> and maybe a shit story yeah but it was it was scary mm-hmm. the mood was like really eerie um the way it looked was great you know it looked like a real movie yeah is is something that uh it comes to mind when I think about it, you know, it's it even with the the Scream Factory remaster, mm-hmm. it still kind of like retains that grit yeah. of of old 
you know, that early 70s, 80s horror. Um, and it, I mean, it looks gorgeous now with the restoration. Mm-hmm. But again, even with that, it's still just like feels dirty. Yeah. In like a great, great way. And I don't know if you, uh, did you watch any of the extras? Not yet. No. no. I watched like three of the featurettes. Uh huh. And, uh, so that kind of, as they normally do when you, when you sit down and watch the, the extras kind of deepens your appreciation for it. Yeah. And, um, you know, just a really, really solid movie. You know, it's, it's tough to even like classify it as a slasher, even though that's what people kind of say it is. Well, it's, it's. Because there's not much slashing going on. You don't really see that much, uh, violence in general. No, not at all. It's, it really takes the, uh, well, I don't know if it takes the Texas Chainsaw Massacre approach, because I don't know if it came out before or after, but it's comparable to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because there is not a lot of gore. I believe there's really only one scene mm-hmm. that has any blood at all. Um, in Black Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Really, really just there's the one uh, kill with the unicorn. And that's still, like, suggestive. Yeah. You don't see it, like, going in or anything. Yeah. And you don't see the aftermath of that either. Mm-hmm. You don't see the body afterwards all covered in blood or anything. No. There's a... Uh... Like, near the end, when you get, like, the chase going on, I think, uh, what's-her-name, she busts into that bedroom where there are a couple of dead oh, bodies, yeah. I think. But you don't, yeah. they still don't look, like... Mutilated. Yeah. It's, no. uh, but, so, so, you can set the stage here for Black Christmas. Yeah. Um, it starts out in a sorority house. And, uh, I believe it's, it's near Christmas, at least. It's not, not necessarily Christmas Eve or anything like that. But, uh, it's the beginning of at least Christmas break. And, uh, the girls are kind of partying and some of them are getting ready to go home for the holidays and things like that. Well, this sorority is, uh, being continually prank called. And, god damn, these calls... For a movie that came out in 1979, this movie is vulgar and exploitative and, uh, God, visceral. Yeah. Really. I mean, in the dialogue and the way it looks, I think visceral is, like, one of the best ways to describe this film because the the girls pick up this phone call and uh, there's just a dude yelling, like, I'm going to fuck your cunt on it. Not, I did not expect it. I didn't either. I did not expect that kind of like language to come out of a movie from this era. Oh shit. It was, it was 74. Really? Yeah. I'm way off. So I guess that that would have, uh, I'm pretty sure that means it would have been before Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, it must've been. But yeah, the uh, the language during the the phone call, phone calls, and um, and also the reaction to the phone calls. Does it have a specific date for Texas Chainsaw or for Black Christmas? Because Texas Chainsaw is seventy four as well. Oh wow! 
No, I don't see an official date. Well, so, well, then chances are that they were, they were both just, uh, they just so happened to be very similar. Right. Well, Texas Chainsaw came out on October 1st. Okay. But even still, within a year, you're right. It's, it's, they, they took have, similar approaches. Yeah. They wouldn't have really taken influence from one another. Yeah. But, uh, yes, these, these phone calls, um, just insane rambling. Yeah. The voice changes, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's very creepy. And on one of the featurettes, uh, several people kind of talk about how intense the, uh, the guy was with his, you know, recording of those calls. Really? Yeah. Just like, <clears throat> I, I'm fairly certain he did like more voiceover work than actual, you know, acting. I don't know if the guy actually appears in the movie. I don't think it's the same guy who, who you see uh-huh. as the killer. Barely. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So... so- yeah, so um, they're all kind of getting ready to to go home for Christmas, and uh, one of the sorority sisters goes missing, mm-hmm. and there's kind of um, an effort made to track her down. Her father shows up to the sorority house and uh, has some pretty interesting exchanges with like the house mother, Mrs. Mack. Yeah. She was my favorite character, yeah. easily. Just like literally every scene that Mrs. Mack is in, she's pulling a hidden bottle of alcohol out of somewhere. <laughs> yeah, she's out of got a all Bible, these... out of the back of the toilet, yeah, out of a shoebox in one of the girls' rooms. They're like, stashed all over the house, everywhere, and it's amazing. Yeah. It's so funny. But uh, so yeah, so uh, I can't I can't remember her name. Maybe Grace. I feel like is it Grace, and then her father. Or Claire. Claire, yeah, it was the girl Claire, who was missing. Claire. Claire goes missing and her father shows up and a lot of the movie is really is kind of based around like what happened to Claire. Mm-hmm. And uh they you know, they kind of search for her. Um they find there's a there's a, another big search party because there's a young girl that's missing as well. Um and they find this other young girl who's like 13 they find her dead in a park um and then everybody kind of gets confined to the house um and during this ongoing search for claire uh you know the killer is kind of just stalking yeah there's not a lot of killing really no it's it's, i mean it's it's very cerebral yeah you know more than like as we said before, there's no gore. You see a little bit of blood, uh-huh. but all of the all the scenes where people are dying, you kind of are left to your own devices to imagine what's happening. Yeah, but that it's done in a way where it's still very creepy. Uh-huh. You know, they're not necessarily saving you by not showing you. It's almost like it it, it makes it more impactful in a way. Right. Um, so. During this, again, during this big search for uh, Claire, there's a couple subplots that arise. One being that they do go to the police, and uh, the police eventually, after much convincing, decide to tap their phone. So for a while, 
throughout the movie, you have the, the calls are continuing and they're like rising in intensity almost every time, which is kind of hard to believe because they start out fucking intense. Um, but there's a subplot where they're they're trying to catch him on the phone and trying to trace the call. Exactly, trying to trace the call. And you've got the girl. Um, God, I can't remember her name. Uh, she was like the British chick. Mm-hmm. The main character, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna call her Victoria. That's not her name, but that's what we're gonna call her for the purpose of this. Yeah. Do you have your nose? Yeah. I do have my. Um. So the killer is continues to call, and she continues to answer and tries to keep him on the phone, but a couple times she hangs up like an idiot. Uh, but then you've also got another subplot with Victoria, until we figure out her real name, and her boyfriend, Pete. And uh, she goes to Pete and uh, tells him that she is pregnant. And not only does she tell him she's pregnant, but also she tells him that she is getting an abortion and there's nothing he can do about it. Which I feel like is a hugely controversial thing in 1974. Yeah. For not only for a woman to say she's going to have an abortion, but to be like, this is happening and whatever you do is not going to stop me because I still have things I want to do with my life and I still want to graduate college and I still want to travel and blah, blah, blah. I'm not having this baby. Yeah. And it's very interesting and as I said, I feel like it would have been very controversial in 1974. Mm-hmm. Um, she does it. And yeah. it's... I mean, she doesn't have the abortion in the film. They don't show that. It's not that crazy. No. <laughs> but it's it's a running subplot between her and her boyfriend because her boyfriend is very much... Her name was Jess. Jess. Her boyfriend, Pete, is very much trying to change her mind. Yeah. Um, which he kind of starts to lose it a little bit over that whole that whole thing that's yeah, happening. And he kills a piano. <laughs> you do see a piano get killed. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> that was my favorite part. So you're you're kind of um, they're kind of pushing you to believe that he might be the one who's lost it yeah. and is is the one behind all these calls and stalking the girls at the sorority house. Um, so. Um, I'm trying to think where we go from there. Uh, he shows up at the house. Yeah. At uh, at a point where the police are coming in, I believe he's leaving. He's leaving as the police are coming in. Yeah. And they kind of, I think they they seem somewhat suspicious of him, they but do. but there's not like you know they don't confront him or anything. Not then. No. They try to get it out of Jess. You know, yeah. they try to say, hey, what's what's this story? What's going on here? And she kind of hesitates and, you know, just gives him a little bit. and Gives him a little bit, uh, not too much to give Pete, like, an alibi. Yeah. She gives them enough to be like, don't worry about it, but they still kind of worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you kind of, uh, well... I feel like, since we're talking about the police, the uh, the scene with the fellatio. <laughs> the new call sign, F-E. Yeah. yeah. Fellatio. F-E-O. Yeah. 
That was hilarious. Yeah. You know, um, the lieutenant in the movie is plays um, Nancy's father in Not Around Elm Street, yeah. John Saxon. Pretty much like the same character. Literally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's really good in this movie, though. Yeah. And, and having him in it kind of, I think, uh, gives it more legitimacy. It does. You know? It kind of brings just a slight tinge of notoriety to it, like... You know, he was a big actor in the 70s and 80s. Obviously, as I said, he was in Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, he also, I learned, you know, from watching the contamination bonuses that he was one of those actors that did a lot of Italian uh, horror movies, you know, because oh, really? he thought that, like, not necessarily he legitimately thought, but normally the purpose of an American actor doing an Italian horror film was because they got to star yeah and they they were hoping that starring in a movie they could add it to their credits which would then Mm. get their get them better roles in america Mm. but they mentioned john saxon by name in the documentary for contamination yeah an interesting thing about the the character he played in black christmas was it was originally um there was a guy named edmund o'brien who was cast in the role of lieutenant Ken Fuller, which is the character Saxon ends up playing, and uh, he got there to start filming, and like got off his plane and didn't know where he was, and they had to like pick him up from the airport and like take him back to his hotel, and he like couldn't remember his name, and they had to like they figured oh maybe he's like really jet lagged, <laughs> you know he's kind of old so maybe he needs to rest, and it turns out the guy had Alzheimer's. And his agent, oh like, God. sent him out to do this movie, knowing that he was sick. And, Jesus. And he was, like, going to try to do it still. Like, they said that once he he kind of could string things together, he could he could remember some lines. Uh-huh. And, like, snap back into it for a few minutes, you know, for a take. But then it became apparent, you know, like, we can't, we can't do this for an entire oh movie. Oh, my God. And they had to, like, send him home, and and that's where they got Saxon, like, the last minute uh-huh. he came in and did it, and um, somehow that dude actually made another movie. Like, he didn't stop after Black Christmas. Oh, he, my God. He went and, and he starred in, in one more movie before he, uh, he called it quits. <laughs> that's so, ridiculous. Yeah. So, but, um, you know... With all that we've said so far, I don't really feel like we can talk more about the plot because that kind of yeah. After that, you really kind of get to because spoiler it's, territory. it's a big, it's a big who done it yeah. type of thing. You know, you're trying to figure it out throughout the whole movie, and it's you know it's it's not a slow mover either. It's pretty fast paced. Like it's a, I would say it's a great thriller. Yeah, you know, I I. I think it falls more into the horror genre than, like, Don't Breathe. Yeah, I agree. But it is definitely a more of a mystery thriller, um, kind of along the same lines. Completely different premise, but kind of on the same lines as The Changeling, mm-hmm. where, like, it's billed as a horror movie, but you're really, it's a mystery, you yeah. know? Um, it's really great. I mean, yeah. I, I loved it. I not, absolutely loved it. Not your typical... Um, slasher when you think of that and, and like I said people people call it a slasher and they'll say it's like one of the first but again I have trouble even viewing it that way 
Yeah. Just because it's no one really gets slashed, <laughs> you know. So uh, very very good. Definitely worth checking out. Worth watching. The remake, I cannot say that about. Yeah. Well, let me take this call and okay. we're gonna talk about the remake. Okay. Hey, baby. What's up? Oh, okay. Well, Nick and I are doing the podcast. That's where I am. That's okay. No big deal. But um, we are just talking about movies, so I will uh, call you when I'm when I'm all done. Okay. All right. It's all right. I love you. Bye. So the remake of Black Christmas. Comparatively, you know, after I saw it, because like I said, guys, I did watch the remake first, mm-hmm. and then I watched the original, and it wasn't until I watched the original that I realized what a big steaming pile of garbage <laughs> the remake is. Because you're, when I was talking to you about it, your your reaction at that point before you had seen the original was like, well, it's like, you know, just kind of a silly... It put is. it on the background for like, you know, crazy kills and, it is, and whatever. Yeah. <sighs> like, you want to talk about unnecessary? Oh yeah, just completely. Like, seriously, I'm not one of these people who's like so um, about like the integrity of originals. I don't think they should ever be re- remade or, you know. You ruin the integrity of the first one by making a second or, or rebooting it. But it's just like, it feels wrong <laughs> when, you watch, when you watch the remake. Yeah. Because it's like, they miss the mark. They totally, they totally miss the mark on like what made the original unique. Yeah. What made it good and worth watching. You know, the essence of the original is completely gone. You know, there's... It's it's very loosely... Um, I guess it's very loosely the same as far as, like, the setup being at a sorority house. And, right. And some the characters' names uh, being carried over to the remake. Yeah. The killer being called Billy. Right. You know? I, uh... And it's weird... Because you can, I feel like you can compare the Black Christmas remake um, story-wise and the direction they went. You can almost compare it to Rob Zombie's Halloween. A lot of people complain that, and we've been over this on past podcasts, but a lot of people complain that Rob Zombie's Halloween compromises the integrity of the original because it gives you Michael Myers' backstory. And... For, on Halloween, I personally disagree. I'm like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I like the backstory that Rob Zombie gives him, and I, th- I think you, it, it's, it, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't kill Michael Myers for me. It yeah. doesn't ruin Michael Myers for me. This one, however, kind of takes the same approach, where they give you a backstory on Billy, and that mm-hmm. takes up. You know, not a significant portion, but part of the movie. They they elaborate, well, this happened to Billy, and then this happened to Billy, and then this happened to Billy. And they do it a couple times throughout the movie, and the whole time, 
you know, when I watched the first time, I was like, fine, whatever. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't care. When you watch the original and then you consider what they did to Billy in the remake, you're just, you are, you're like completely unnecessary. Yeah. I didn't need any of that. You completely ruined this Billy killer for me by telling me what happens to him. To and I don't, I don't give a shit about spoiling the remake because it's so fucking bad. It is bad. Like, the ending is so absurd when there's one, there, like, the climax, you've got a point where um, it turns out that Billy and, um, what's the the girl's name? Um, I, I watched it weeks ago, I don't okay. remember. Well, it was Agnes. Oh, the big tall girl. Yeah. Yeah. Like the other, the second killer, I guess, right? I don't think she's the second. Is she the second killer? Hey, by the way, there's a second killer in Black Christmas, too. Like, that chick, remember? But was she the girl at the beginning who is like super... Oh, no, she gets killed. Remember there's the girl at the very beginning who's, like, super fucking weird. Um, the main the main girl goes up to her. Yeah, because I thought she was going to be yeah. the killer in the movie. No, I remember the other Agnes, the other killer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Okay, so her and Billy yes. are both, like, in the wall. Yes. They're climbing up. They're, they're climbing up after, like, the main chick. Uh, is her name Jess in this movie? I don't fucking remember. Hmm. It might be it sucks so bad. The the final girl in this film. So the two killers are climbing inside the wall, up and down. She's like the the survivor girl's caught in the middle. Yeah, they're going up and okay, and then they both end up getting like crushed. Yeah, something falls down on top of them. Yeah, and they both end up falling. Whatever, several several levels down uh-huh. to the bottom of this house inside the wall and then there's like an explosion and they you would assume are just fucking burned to death yeah and then their bodies are recovered and taken to the morgue and no they're not dead yeah somehow like they missed that and they're like in the ceiling of the hospital too yeah it's like and then the the very ending where he fucking falls over the guardrail and like is impaled by a Christmas tree. Yeah. It's just, just it's just a shit show of a movie. Like really I can't is. even formulate coherent thoughts. <laughs> it was one of those where like I was watching it and you know, it was the visual equivalent of in one ear out the other. Yeah. It was like I I saw what was happening, but I was not retaining because it's like this is so fucking awful. I had just watched the original, like, earlier that afternoon. Uh-huh. And so then I watched the, the remake directly after it, and I think that really hammered home how <laughs> fucking awful it was, because, you know, I, I, I like to be as open-minded and forgiving as possible. Yeah. When you do a remake, especially of a classic, you know, I know people are going to be overly critical. I'm not being overly critical. We're not being overly critical. The, the remake is just so awful especially when you compare it to what it was trying to uh accomplish right you know it just 
just I well I don't I don't want to I don't want to compare that particular part to the original because I don't want to give it away. But but again, like we said, you know, giving Billy this backstory and uh, should, I, should we tell him the real fucked up thing in the backstory? Oh yeah, sure. So you know, spoiler alert: if you don't want to listen, close your ears or whatever. But where the the Black Christmas remake really takes a fucking left turn is that there's two killers in the movie, Billy and his his uh, sister daughter, because Billy's mom is trying to have sex with her husband, but he passes out drunk. So the mom goes and bangs Billy, and he gets her pregnant, and then she gives birth to, like, a fucked up... That's Agnes. Agnes, yeah. That's your second killer. And I'm fairly certain, I can't be sure, but I it looks like the actor that plays Billy in the movie also plays Agnes. Oh, because Agnes does not look like a woman. It looks like a man with fake hair. I just had it pulled up on IMDb. She does not look feminine in the least. I don't think. But that's that's where it's just like that was a completely unnecessary plot point. None of that is in the original, by the None way. None of that's it. not gonna spoil anything. It's just that's that's not part of what makes the original good. There's no right. like that's incest. not a spoil. That is the left turn that the new that the remake takes for what like i don't even know why it's like for whatever reason they're just like hey how about we have billy's mom bang him and he gets her pregnant and gives birth to his sister daughter it's ridiculous well it looks like agnes was played by a fellow named dean friss well at least it was a man it wasn't the guy who played billy but it was it was a man, and he was only in one other. He was in Tower Prep, played Tunnel Man. Tunnel oh, Man. Two episodes, but other than that, he's like. He's a camera operator. Oh. Who's worked on, a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's got like fifty credits. Dang. Most recently, Bates Motel and the X Files. So I mean, he's. I don't know how you go from. <laughs> operating the camera to like hey do you want to play uh the incestuous spawn of <laughs> billy and his mother in the black christmas remake yeah well well i guess so <laughs> um yeah so it's just it's a shit show and if you like shit shows if you like splatter slashers it's a splatter slasher. I mean, fucking... They don't hold back on the gore. If you like getting pissed off... Yeah. ...watching horror movies sometimes... Definitely... I mean... As coming from a place that where I watched it first... I would say, you know, don't not watch it. But if you're going to... Watch the original first... And then give yourself some time. Like... Give it a week could, or so. I think you could have some fun making a double feature out of it. Yeah, you could. Because you will be... I, I feel like you'll... Your what-the-fuck level will be increased Yeah. if you watch them back-to-back. That's true. That's true. Because you take 
all of the subtlety and the finesse of the original and just like fucking burn it throw it in a fucking landfill and set it on fire and then piss on it you know that's that's what they did it, it doesn't make sense i don't know what they were trying to do i don't either i don't know like who had the idea if they were a fan of the original like whoever wanted to remake it or if they just like knew like hey there was this christmas movie that they made in the 70s we should just like take the name and, and modernize yeah, it. Yeah, slap it on. This because other... it doesn't seem like it was made by a fan of the original. No, I don't think so. It would have. I don't know. Because it just doesn't. It does not. It does nothing to preserve the integrity of the original. Whereas, like the Texas Chainsaw remake with Jessica Biel, does it fantastically. I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. I mean, even I've... the new. The new Friday the 13th, I thought was really oh, good. Oh, yeah. The new Friday the 13th is absolutely awesome for that for that purpose. Because the new Friday the 13th sets out to do exactly what the original ones did, and it does it. Mm-hmm. You know? So does Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It effectively modernizes the 1974 version. Black Christmas... Too much weird sex stuff, mm-hmm. and not enough atmosphere, and too much just slasher gore, which I'm not opposed to. It's, I'm just saying, comparatively, it's too much. The new Nightmare on Elm Street, too much unnecessary sex stuff. Too much unnecessary, just like, ridiculous gore, although the Nightmare movies are somewhat known for that. You know, there's a way to do it properly, and... Some movies get it right, and Black Christmas fucking gets it wrong hardcore. So or Black Xmas, <laughs> if you're so inclined. Yeah. So watch it, but don't expect good things. No. Know what you're getting into. But we highly recommend the original Black Christmas. Like I said, especially recommend the Scream Factory edition. Once again, the restoration is beautiful. I haven't seen like an original original. Uh, yeah. version of it but i do know that i'm well, i mean i'm sure you saw it too but the the restoration preserves the original audio track at least mm-hmm. um so you get you get the original track which you know includes like the phone calls and things so it's really interesting to hear these crazy ass phone calls and know that that's what it sounded like yeah you know when you saw this movie in theaters in the 70s oh and we had uh, we had talked about last week when we recorded J- uh, the Jack Frost episode of Super Scary, which we'll we'll discuss soon. But anyway, I think I might have mentioned it then. All of the snow in the Black Christmas original was was fake. Yeah, you never notice it. No, you don't. You know they did a good job making the set look real. The house was an actual uh, like historical home in toronto oh really so it wasn't a movie set it was all filmed like on location that's rad which is cool i always like when you find stuff like that out uh-huh. um wonder if we could go visit the house i think you can the house from black because one of the uh one of the featurettes two of the actors meet up and go back to the house and they're oh, like, really? walking around yeah so. i wouldn't even want to go in like i just want to stand outside of it you know it's kind of like people that stand outside the amityville house or yeah whatever 
Um, oh, Margot Kidder was actually drunk in her scene where she's like totally embarrassing herself. She ends up talking about like the turtles. The turtles that fuck for three, three days. days. Yeah. She was drunk yeah. during that. That's awesome. Yeah, they said that they wanted her to be drunk. So Which, like, is she in other stuff? Because I feel like I recognize her from... Yeah, she played Lois Lane in the Superman movies. Did she? Uh-huh. That's probably where from. Yeah. She was, was she in Indiana Jones? Is that the... Raiders? Uh, they look... Alike. That might be a different woman. Who they was, look alike, though. I think that, la- that woman was in uh, Scrooge. Okay. Different lady, I believe. Okay. I can't remember her name, though. Well, uh, I liked that actress. Uh, that was Barb, right? Yeah. Yeah, I liked Barb. her. I liked her. I liked her role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought she was funny. Yeah. So. But definitely, definitely check out some Black Christmas action. Some good stuff. Oh boy, um, I guess that probably about does it for this evening. Unless yeah. you had anything else. No, uh, we'll we'll wrap it up here for the, for this evening. But uh, next week, since we're gonna be starting new segments, uh, next week for Super Scary, uh, we'll probably bring you some Jack Frost action, and uh, also um, probably New Year's Evil. Because that was on the docket, mm-hmm. as New Year's Eve is next weekend, um, and then from there we'll plan literally all of January and yeah. let you guys know what's going on. So that we'll probably plan January's uh, lineup next week. I would assume maybe what we can do is the first episode for January, or next episode we can do our year in review. That'd be good. Yeah, that would be appropriate. So maybe we'll we'll do we'll kind of cut down on Jack Frost and New Year's Evil and just give you brief overviews, and then we'll do a year in review for Super Scary and Super Fanatics, and that'll come next Thursday. Or do you think Friday would be better? No, man. Since we're only doing one. Yeah. The reason that we moved them, you know, we were going to move the shows all together to Thursday, Friday, and Saturday was those were like the best three days to release that stuff. That I could find. It seemed to market research showed that like releasing on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday was kind of optimal. Yeah. So if we're just doing one, maybe Friday would be a good time to send you off into the weekend. Yeah. With a podcast to listen to. That'd be nice. I would say, though, if we're going to do Fridays, I would just try... I mean, it's not hard, mm-hmm. but I would just make sure to have it released earlier in the day. Because yeah, that's, then people, I wanted to do that. People have, will maybe get off work and listen to it before they go out for the evening. You know, yeah. that kind of a thing. Ideally, I think it's... I wanted to shoot for, like, between 11 and 3. Yeah. Having it just fully uploaded. And, yeah, that midday, yeah, midday sort of sort of uh, window. Yeah. Window. Well, we can move it to Fridays. It's not like it's gonna really affect that much. I mean, this is day. this will be out on time. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'll mean this will be out on time. So, Super Divorce Supercast on its new night. Fridays! Friday. <laughs> <laughs> or its new its new day. Um, but yeah, next week, Super Divorce 2016 uh, year in review. And yeah, that about does it. I guess Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you guys get lots of cool stuff. Yeah. Sandy's good to you. We'll share some of our cool stuff next week, too. Yeah. Good good episode lined up. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. All right, well, thanks for tuning in. Have a good one. Bye-bye. This is the outro. Is it recording already? Yes. Oh. (laughs) Welcome to the outro of the uh, Super Enforced Supercast here. We're uh, we're recording live on Instagram. So far, nobody's watching us record. We just talked about this in the intro, so we thought we'd try it out. But no one cares so far. That's all right. We're just going to do what we're doing here. And Instagram's like, hang on, we're telling more of your followers <laughs> to join your video. Like, it's okay, we're it's trying. Okay, just we're trying really hard to get people to show up. Guys, guys, come over here, quick. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, yeah. You want to go over social media spoof? Yeah. Um, as always, make sure that uh, if you haven't, that you do check us out on social media, all across social media. Twitter, we are at Super Divorce. Um, Instagram, at Super Divorce Band. Uh, we're over there on Facebook at facebook.com slash superdivorce and you can also look up the Divorce Club on Facebook where we just kind of uh, post articles, things that we find interesting and and try and uh, create a nice, fun and lively atmosphere for everyone. Yeah, hopefully we get some good conversations going. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, you can also email us. Did you talk about the email? No, I did not. You can email us at divorceclub at (laughs) superdivorce.com Um, also follow me on Instagram at Bender, but have you started your personal Instagram up again? Yes, I have. Um, I haven't, I've got it on my phone, but I haven't done anything with it yet. Oh, you know what? I lied. I did last week's music business quick tips on your personal. Yeah. On my personal. There you go. Yeah. So you, you want to follow me on my personal. It's probably at Nicholas Villars like it is on Twitter. Let's see for sure. You should change it to at Villars butt. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it is Nicholas Villars. Yep. On Make Instagram it. and then also at Nicholas Villars on Twitter. Make it easy. Yep. So, I don't have Twitter, so, you know, fuck it. If you're a Twitter person, follow me. Still no one watching us, by the way. That's all right. Disappointment. Disappointment! Alright, well, next week, as I said just a few minutes ago, is going to be our 2016 year in review for all of our shows. And, uh, so we'll see you next Friday. So you guys have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas time. Yeah, Merry Christmas. And Happy Hanukkah starts on Christmas Day. Hanukkah. My dad's Jewish. All the Hanukkah people out there, enjoy your Hanukkah. Yep. Yep. All right. Bye. Take care. Super divorce.